This episode of Bosses for Bosses, a podcast for entrepreneurs, is sponsored by River Avenue Digital and is intended for general educational purposes. Hey, it's for fun. For specific professional advice, reach out to any one of us. It was the worst of times. It was the best of times. Hi, I'm Elisa McCabe at First Steps Financial. Hi, I'm Aisha Hamilton from the Hamilton Law Firm. I'm Josh Irons of River Avenue Digital. And I'm Jason Meyer, the principal lawyer at Meyer Business Law. We're all bosses. And if you're running a business or a team or running your own career, then you're a boss too. These days, we're all entrepreneurs, using our wits and our enduring creativity to stay nimble and to turn whatever we've got into success. Aisha, Elisa, Josh, and I, we all run companies that help other bosses with different aspects of their enterprise because entrepreneurship is our passion. And this is Bosses for Bosses, a podcast for entrepreneurs. Well, hi, everybody. Great to gather around the digital glow again. And look forward to the day where, where maybe we, we do this in person, although this is so convenient. We, like others, may never do that. And I mention that because it's actually about sort of the long run of the COVID pandemic that I wanted us to talk about this time. Uh, it's really had some remarkable effects on small and medium-sized businesses. And, and we're seeing sort of one new effect now. One effect is, and this is based on a Wall Street Journal report that I saw, as remote working is stretching on. You know, there was a point where we thought, hey, you know, come the late summer, the fall, people are going to go back to their offices to work. There were a lot of companies that announced sort of like, hey, September 1st, you know, or after Labor Day, plan to report to the office. And then the Delta variant hit and the numbers started to go backwards again. And companies said, you know, hold off, don't come back yet. Or people said, that's nice, but you better find a way for me to work remotely or you better find somebody else to do my job. What the journal reported was... There has been a large number of small and medium-sized businesses that were holding on by their nails until people returned to work. A classic example would be, I own a restaurant in a business district. I have a coffee shop at a business district or maybe an office supply store, a bodega, something where I'm counting on the population returning to a business district or a city center. And I held on for September 2021, and they're not coming back. And the journal reported these businesses are going to go down. They talked to a bunch of people, they looked at stats, and they thought, we're about to see a wave of business failures from people who put everything into hanging on for September, and it didn't work out. At the same time, there are multiple sources, including government studies, that are reporting that we are seeing more new business starts than ever. And in part, this is a result of the higher level of employee turnover, people leaving their jobs because they're fed up or because they decided, you know, a near-death experience has introduced them to wanting a new life or whatever, but people are leaving their jobs and there are more new business starts than ever. Simultaneously, we have this large quantity of businesses primed to fail in the next two months, and we have another large quantity of businesses that are just starting. And these two seemingly opposing realities exist at the same time in our COVID universe. So what I wanted to ask you guys is, what do we learn from that? And as small businesses, what do we do about it? 
How do we take advantage of it? Maybe how do we wind up in the in the starting and thriving category instead of the going under for the count category? And changing our format, let me just throw out some questions and, and get your thoughts on the questions in whatever order you want to give them to me. So my first question is, in your businesses, are you seeing both trends or does one trend dominate over the other? In our business, I mean, we're seeing, we are seeing a lot of new businesses, people who may have lost their jobs, people who are unhappy, people that said this is an opportunity. and we are getting a lot of inquiries for branding. What do I need to do to get my name out there? How do I expand my footprint? So these are new people coming into the mix. We haven't seen a ton of businesses going away quite yet, which is great for us and great for our clients. But I do worry about what the next month or so has in store. I'm going to jump in and say I've seen an interesting growth in new businesses that I've been sort of very cautious about in terms of I've been doing a lot of new lease negotiations. And I'm thinking, man, what are you, what are you doing getting into a new three-year lease right now, right? I mean, there is lots of space available. The pricing is actually pretty good. The landlords are willing to negotiate, you know, so you're getting the, the flexibility that you wouldn't have had in a better economy, but you're starting a new, I mean, they've been restaurants. You're starting a new restaurant, right? And meanwhile, I go out to eat and I see signs that say, we desperately need wait staff. Yes, we're open or please be patient with us. We're short staffed. Now, I think the change happens because New Jersey and the federal government are going to stop the pandemic unemployment assistance. And so that enhanced, there is some feeling that the enhanced unemployment payout that was coming every week has made it easier for people not to work. I think that typically employees prefer to work than to be on unemployment. Yeah. However, when you're getting 600 dollars a week or eight hundred dollars a week, sometimes that's more than what your job was paying. Yeah, myself, I think we're gonna I think a lot of a lot of bosses are about to discover that that was a convenient excuse. And exactly it, that it really comes down to when everybody is looking for a job, why am I working a job that barely pays me minimum for the right to be in a hot and sweaty place for 12 hours and get yelled at? And that this is going to be a problem in the restaurant industry and some of the hospitality industry until they change the nature of the workplace. They're going to have our time attracting talent in in what is a employee's market. It's interesting because I've seen people starting business in the event planning area because there was many companies in that arena and they left early because they couldn't sustain being without any business for a year. And so that did make an opening. So I can see new businesses starting in that area. But that raises a great question, right, of now... You're entering an industry. So what do you do differently than your predecessors so that you don't fail with the next pandemic? And trust me, there will be a next pandemic. I don't even think we're out of this one. No, exactly. I I mean, there's Delta and whoever's coming after it. Delta, Uh, Lambda, new. Anyway. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I'm not looking forward to the U.S. air virus, but that's... Oh, Delta, US Air, get it. Nice. (laughs) Oh my God. I think you're right. There are going to be a lot of closures that are going to happen, but this 
in a sense, has happened before. If you go back and you look at the Great Depression and you look at other tumultuous times in U.S. history, so many businesses closed. And it was also the point of biggest growth for new businesses. And it's only if we're willing to learn, right? So now I've got all of these employers that are insisting that their employees come back to work in a traditional workspace environment, right? But if you really think about, I mean, were we really that inefficient working from Zoom? Was work from home really that bad of an idea? I heard an interview with Jamie Dimon, and he's talking about how we had growth, but we didn't have new business growth because you need to be sitting across the table from a client. You need to get on a plane and get in front of them is, is his thought process. That's right? good. Yeah. That's good. I've got advice for Jamie. I mean, how about growing your new business by letting anybody talk to a human being? <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Sorry. I see that's a slight sore point. Yeah, Chase. Yeah. <laughs> but is there actually any validity to that kind of thought process, right? Is because I can tell you with the employment situations I encounter, on behalf of my clients, they didn't see a drop in productivity. They didn't see a drop in sales. They didn't see all of those things that we are so fearful about in requesting work from home arrangements, Mm. right? But an entrepreneur gets to choose. It's an Mm. entrepreneur's, hey, if this is the way I want you to all wear red shirts on Wednesday, then that's what you're going to do, right? I think you have Which a point. means the entrepreneur also has the flexibility. Like the number of times when I've called, when I call somebody on one, call some company on one issue or another, and it's like, oh, well, we don't do that. You know, well, our policy is not to X. Well, the computer won't let us Y. Mm. And as an entrepreneur, I always think, sorry, it doesn't cut it because there's someone who made that decision, yeah. and there's somebody in your company who could unmake that decision when it makes sense. And really, what you're telling me is your customer service is built in a way where you don't care. And there's never, and it's, at some point, I'm just told to suck it up as a customer. And we don't have to suck it up anymore because- but as entrepreneurs, to, we don't have to take that attitude. Right? And, there's and so that's many, our advantage. And there's so many new businesses starting, like you were saying, Jason, at the beginning, there are many, many more companies that are starting and they've grown out of this. It's going to be different. Like, how are you going to be a coffee shop in this new era? I had a client who was a coffee shop and closed. Just, it can't sustain that. They didn't have certain things, didn't have a drive up window, didn't have the ability for people to come pick stuff up. So if you were to start a coffee shop, we still need coffee. Is anybody not buying coffee anymore? I didn't think so. Is everybody still like going out for coffee? Yeah, they are. So like what, you know, what do you do? How do you survive it if you are that person who opens a coffee shop? Let me ask it two ways. Let's do this. For our boss move, I'm giving you advance notice. For the boss move, my question is, what do you do? What's, what's a tip to stay in it for the long haul? Before we get to the boss moves, let me ask it the other way. To the extent we're seeing maybe a sense of over-optimism among people who, some people who may be opening new businesses, and you guys have given some anecdotal evidence of that, what do you think is maybe what's the biggest source of over-optimism or what is an over-optimistic mistake that you were seeing entrepreneurs repeat? People who think that they have the best idea and it's the best idea to them. It's not the best idea to their audience. (laughs) I I see that over and over and over again. So one thing that you need to do when you're starting a business is do a little bit of market research. Is there nobody doing it because it's a shitty idea? Or is there nobody doing it because you're brilliant? So figure that out before you- (laughs) It could be either one. It could be either one. It could be either one. You're totally right. 
I think the biggest optimism mistake that I am seeing, and I'm a very optimistic person, is that people think things are going to go back to normal, the old normal, that they're they're basing their ideas and their business on, oh, when it comes back. And I have to say, I don't think things are ever going to be the way they were. I think we are, we have to adapt to a new normal and figure out how we're going to do that. And that new businesses, you have to think along those lines. I tell you, I've, the few that I've helped, I've wanted to say, I don't know that this is the right time to be getting into real estate. And it's one thing if you want to buy real estate, but these were leases. And that's not why I was hired, right? But it is a conversation that we had anyway. Because when you're talking about a three-year commitment or a five-year commitment, I think you really have to, look, there's the one common theme that runs through all of us as entrepreneurs. Anybody who is an entrepreneur has an incredible amount of excitement about their venture and passion about their venture. And you have to be able to separate from the excitement and the passion and the optimism to take a look at some good, hard, cold facts right? When I do a lease negotiation, I do have the conversation about, this is a three-year commitment. What if, right? What if you can't find people to work in your coffee shop? What if you people stop driving again? We stopped driving for a year and a half. Coffee shops rely on drive-by traffic. What if, And then you feel like a complete ass because you're just poking this needle through this person's excitement balloon. But I do think it's responsible to have that conversation. I think that's a great point, especially with leases where the entrepreneur is likely to be on the hook personally. And the way leases are written, you're due for the entire rent. And they just sort of do you the courtesy of only charging you month by month. But when you leave, you owe all the rent and you probably owe it personally. So double the reason there. The thing I maybe I will I will add to this quickly is is the I don't need. Like and I think that that goes along with Josh with your point about maybe it's a great idea or maybe it's a bad idea and you're not paying attention. I think there are a lot of people starting new businesses who would think I don't need professionals. Hey, it's a new time. It's a digital time. I don't need a lawyer. I don't need a bookkeeper or an accountant. I don't need marketing help. You know, I can do it online. Whatever I don't know how to do, I'll just find some online service and they'll do it. And there are a lot that's changed about business but one thing that hasn't changed is there's a lot of technical and important stuff out there that you don't know. And you need somebody to tell you that, including, as Josh would put it, someone to tell you when you got a bad idea. So what's the positive thing to do for the long haul? That will be our boss moves. And we'll hear your answers right after this message. River Avenue Digital is a full-service marketing agency that leads with digital. We help small businesses not only find new clients, but engage better with the ones that they currently have. We take marketing off your to-do list. If you'd rather be someone's shot of whiskey than everyone's cup of tea, reach out today. You can find us online at riveravenuedigital.com. We are rad. Okay, everybody, boss move of the week. Let's say I don't want to be one of these guys hefting shut down. I want to be someone who survives. One of those small businesses that makes it past two years and we're here for the long haul and we're here not only for the beginning of the next pandemic, but at the end of that one. What's one boss, not all of them, but what's one boss move you would give to that entrepreneur? My one boss move is the same that I would give pre-pandemic. When you start a business, get a lawyer and get an accountant. It increases your chance of success. 
people who start a business with those two professionals at their side with their sage advice have a much higher chance of being successful. So I'm going to tag on to Elisa's boss move because by my boss move was build your, your cabinet of advisors, right? Don't do this alone. You can't do it alone and you shouldn't be doing it alone. So definitely start with the lawyer. I agree. <laughs> I agree too. And Josh, gonna, you got you got a winner for us. Go ahead. You wrap it up. I'm, I'm going to stick with the theme that I started earlier. And it's the DJ who goes to a wedding and only plays songs he likes is probably the worst DJ. Understand the flow of the crowd. What do the people want to hear? Those are the best DJs at a wedding. So talk to your advisors, talk to other people. Don't make decisions in a vacuum. And read the room. So what you're saying. Read the room. Guys, this, is, this has been great. I love your thoughts as always. Thanks for listening to Bosses for Bosses, a production of Smart Boss Media. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd like even more to help your business grow. If you have any questions or want to contact any of the folks on this podcast, you can just email us at info at smartboss.media. Also at smartboss.media, you'll find any resources and links that go along with this podcast. And you can find links to other podcasts and resources for entrepreneurs and learn how Smart Boss Media can help you get your business podcast launched and listened to like this one is. It's your one stop for information to help you listen, create, and thrive as an entrepreneur. Visit smartboss.media.